Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henman. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 19 will be our text this morning. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 19. And our message is entitled, Joy in Spite of. That is, joy in spite of a pandemic. Joy in spite of, you know, things not going as we planned. Or joy in spite of disappointment and hurt and difficulty. That's where our text is going to take us. That's where I believe the Spirit of God wants to speak to us a very important thing to our hearts this morning. So take a look with me at Philippians chapter 1. I'm always kind of the last one there, so hopefully you found it by now. Um, Verse 18, we'll start in verse 18, then we'll go back up to verse 12. But verse 18, the Apostle Paul says, What then, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice. That is, Paul says, I choose joy. Well, the question comes, what circumstances does Paul find himself in that he is proclaiming joy in by the power of God? Well, listen, this is his circumstances. This is what is happening in his life as he speaks these truths to us. That is, Paul has been in prison for two years in Caesarea under false trumped-up charges. And now he is being sent uh, in a ship to go see Nero, the emperor of Rome, to appear before him for more charges. And as he goes on that way to see Nero, which Nero, by the way, was a sadistic ruler. He liked, you know, killing Christians just for the pleasure of it. For example, he used to light up the road to his palace with human torches. He would take Christians and burn them alive for street lamps up to his home. And so listen, side note, by the way, that's a sobering thought to think about. And that is this, do I love Jesus that much? That is, could I find myself in a situation that scary, that traumatic, watching my wife be burned, my kids, my, my grandchild? And, and in that horror, in that brokenness, in that blackness and pure evil, could I say at the depth of my heart, through my tears, God, you are good, and you are holy, and you are in control 
I love you. Blessed be your name. And could I be burned at that stake as well and and have praise upon my lips? That is to say, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric today about the church being persecuted here in America. And I think we need to be a little bit more thoughtful about that. I think we may, you know, be careful about jumping that far. I think better to say that, listen, we are experiencing adversity. And we're experiencing real pain, you know, real frustration and and listen, uh, we don't want to understate that or, or make little of that in any way. It's real and it's not fun and I'm with you on all that. But persecution? Not yet. But listen, these trials are a training camp. Listen, this is a God-ordained boot camp. That is, God will use it to good if we trust him. And in this boot camp, in this adversity, if we trust God in the midst of this adversity, what he is doing is maturing our faith. What he is doing is causing us to be stronger, to cause us to be more enduring, to cause us to persevere even more, James says, so that we might be complete, lacking in nothing, that that is how God uses adversity if we trust him. And so listen, how we respond in this adversity is what is most important. Because life is full of adversity. And perhaps in our lifetime, it seems fairly likely, we will experience persecution here in America as Christians. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious to see that everything is being put in place. The stage is being set for the Antichrist to come. That is, the systems are in place like at no other time in human history. For example, it used to kind of be in the back pages of the news, but, you know, it's in the front pages of the news today that, listen, globalism is over, it's done its thing, it's completed its its task, and now we have the dawning of a new world order. Now listen, this is not conspiracy theory stuff. This is front page news stuff. You, you can watch TED Talks. It's, it's right out there in the open. I'm not talking about any deep state stuff. I'm, t- I'm talking about stuff that's right, right out in the open. And what they're saying, and it's always for this reason, listen, for the good of mankind, countries will begin to come together under this new world order shared values. And you hear a lot of talk about this uh, across the world in our education system. And listen, all these new world order shared values is what is being implemented, what is being promoted right now. And listen, many of those shared values are unbiblical. Not, not all of them, 
but many of them. And so listen, persecution will come. But even greater, don't forget, church, Jesus will come as well. Listen, God will be with us. He will be for us. And listen, he will come for us before the Antichrist. We're not looking for the Antichrist. We are looking for Jesus Christ as he comes for his bride. Now, as we continue, you know, Paul's circumstance, he's being sent on a ship from Caesarea, been in prison for two years on false trumped-up charges, and on his way, his ship is shipwrecked, he's stranded on an island, he's bitten by a poisonous snake, he finally gets to Rome, and instead of appearing before Nero, they stick him in jail for two more years. And he awaits his trial before Nero, before getting his death sentence. He is under a death sentence. He's just waiting for Nero to say it's time. And during that two-year period, listen, he is chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day. No privacy. Every four hours, that guard is changed. And so listen, in the midst of those kind of restrictive circumstances, restrictions placed upon him in an unjust way from an unjust government, Paul says, I'm going to respond with joy. Well, how in the world does he do that? Well, listen, he gives us two keys to joy in any circumstances. Two key responses that he had that we can have as well. And that is this, the right outlook and the right response. The right outlook and the right Response. So let's take a look at that together. Start in verse 12 with me. Hop up to the top of our, our passage. Verse 12, it begins. Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, and we just talked about that, has really served to advance the gospel. Now, that word advance in the Greek word is actually a military term, and it referred to the army engineers who would actually go before the, the big troops and clear the way, clear the path into a new territory so the troops behind them could advance easily and be pulling all their carts and all the heavy equipment and all that sort of thing. And so that advancement is those forefront engineers preparing a new way into a new territory. And so what Paul is saying is, listen, all that bad stuff that has happened to me, that, listen, that you would expect would just prevent or keep me from that which God would have me to do has actually made a different way, has actually done the opposite. God has opened up 
a different way, a new territory for him to do a work in and through my life. That is, listen, in his restrictive circumstances, in his government-imposed restrictions, his chains, Paul chooses by faith to see how God could use him even in that circumstance. And he says, you know what? I can see the best even in the worst. I can see how God can use me even in this impossible restriction to advance his kingdom for his glory. And so listen, that's the first key to joy in our circumstances, in our restrictions that we find ourselves in. We need to choose to see our circumstances through the lens of faith. Choose to see your circumstances through the lens of faith. Now Paul here is going to share with us two things. Two incredible things that he sees God moving in in new ways that would have never happened unless he was in chains. And so let's take a look at what he says here in verse 13. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard, that is, the, all the guards that were chained to him and ones who weren't, throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment was for or is for Christ. That is the first thing that Paul says, that my chains, my, my restrictions of, of my freedoms has accomplished is because of my attitude in my restrictions. Because of my attitude in my circumstances, non-believers have heard the message of Christ. Non-believers have been open for me to share Jesus to them. That is, because I am responding with joy, because I am standing in my faith and I have joy in life when everything is taken away from me, when all my restrictions are taken away from me, I am isolated from my community, I am standing in faith, and these guys are going, what is up with that guy? He's got something I don't, and that has given me a platform to share Jesus Christ with them. Now listen, I, I want us to see, and I want us to notice that, that Paul has not been able to go to church for four years. He has been under immense government restrictions. And listen, he talks about that. He talks about how he misses it. He talks about how his heart aches for that. But listen, it does not change his worship, and it does not deter him from his mission for Jesus Christ. 
And so listen, we need to follow Paul's example here. And so listen, we need to worship. In the midst of our circumstance, in the midst of our restrictions, we need to say, God, you're on the throne. And God, you are good. And God, you will work even this to our good as we trust you. God, you're holy. I love you. Blessed be your name. I praise you for your goodness, for your greatness, that your ways are always perfect, that when I don't understand, you do understand. Lord, we, we praise your name. And listen, as we do, as we stir up our faith and we stir up that life and joy within us, as we respond that way in worship, in our restrictions, in our unpleasant circumstances, then listen, people are going to think, and people are perhaps even going to say, why aren't you anxious? Why aren't you angry? Why aren't you complaining? I mean, what's up with you? And then listen, you will have an opportunity to testify about Jesus. And God will use you to speak his truth into someone's life. But Paul continues. Verse 14. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord. Now listen, not self-confidence, not fleshly confidence, but confident in the Lord. That's that's different. That is I, I'm I'm dependent on you, Lord. I have confidence in you, not in me. By my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And so the second thing that Paul says that has happened because of his attitude, because of how he has chosen to respond in the midst of his impossibly restrictive circumstances that, that, that most of us, including myself, would just be in, maybe lost in self-pity and, God, what are you doing because of his attitude to look with faith, because of his attitude to draw nearer to Christ, how he is responding in the midst of that situation has emboldened and encouraged other believers to step out in faith. That is, listen, courage is contagious. Negativity is contagious. The fear is contagious. A lot of that out there today. But listen, courage is contagious as well. And Paul is saying, because how I am responding, listen, others have courage to live for Jesus and share Jesus, whatever the cost it is for them, because they have seen me pay this price, and still respond with faith and joy. Listen, brothers and sisters, we have a God-ordained moment 
a God-ordained trial. Listen, God didn't cause it, but as we trust him in it, he will use it for good. There is no restriction here but our own attitudes and how we respond. This is a moment for you and I to step into just like the Apostle Paul and to live boldly for Jesus, to live in our faith, to live with joy and life regardless of the restrictions that we find ourselves in. Because listen, our faith is greater than that. Our joy is greater than that. Our life is greater than that. It is not tethered to our circumstances. It is tethered to Jesus Christ, who is outside of our circumstances. Well, it continues. Verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the, for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition and sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. That is, Paul says, not only am I in prison, but if you want to kick a man while he's down... You know, I have other people attacking my ministry and criticizing me. Verse 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. That is a decision, and Paul is saying, I'm not going to let anything steal my joy. I'm choosing to fix my eyes on Jesus. I am choosing to draw near to him. I am choosing faith and joy in this moment. I will not let my critics or my circumstances steal my joy. Verse 19. For I know that through your prayers... And the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Perhaps that's a verse that you need to speak over your life right now. Perhaps this is a verse for our church that we need to speak over our situation right now. Let's, let's read that again. This is awesome, awesome truth for our moment. For I know... I know, I'm convinced of that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. That is, Paul says, listen, I've made it through these four years of imprisonment. I've made it through all the, all the fear and the confusion of this moment, this, this death, this gloom, this darkness weighing over me. I've endured through these restrictive circumstances because of two things. Because of the prayers of other people and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because of those two things, 
I know even now, in the midst of impossible restrictive circumstances, that God will deliver me. And so listen, church, we can make it through this thing victoriously. God has laid it out for us, and here it is. We need to pray for one another, and we need to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so listen, next time you're thinking and, and missing each other, even perhaps now you feel it, Every time you're thinking, I, you feel the twinge of the restriction, pray for your brothers and sisters. Lift them up to the Lord, and then listen, draw near to Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with his love and his power, because remember, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So ultimately, that's the second key to joy that Paul gives us here. He says the first key is we need to see our circumstances through the lens of faith. And the second key is, is we need to choose to live by God's power. We need to choose to live by God's power, and it is a choice. Second Peter 1.3 says that God, by his divine nature, God has granted to us everything we need for life and godliness. It's already there. Ultimately, joy is a fruit of the Spirit, right? We, we, we can't produce it ourselves. We can't go, and, and joy comes out. We, we, we can't produce it in our own effort. It flows from God himself. And so listen, in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, John kind of describes it this way, and he says, listen, Jesus is the vine. He's the, he's the life source. And we are the branches. And so when the branch is connected to the vine, then it produces the fruit. And so we need to remain in Jesus we need to abide in Jesus. We need to stay connected to Jesus. And as we do, we will bear his fruit. You cannot be connected to Jesus. You cannot be connected to the Son of God and his life and not have his life come out of you. And listen, our families, our workplaces, our community right now needs to see you and I bearing a different fruit. Bearing a different fruit from the rest of the people around us. We have such a beautiful moment. Such a beautiful moment, church to show how different we truly are. Listen, that, that we would come together, even though we're separated, that we would come together in unity versus division. That there would be praise upon our lips instead of complaining. Listen, that we would be thinking the best Instead of always the worst, are you thinking about conversations that you hear all day long? 
that what is flowing out of our hearts would be love. Especially what is flowing out of our mouths. That what is controlling us is the love of God, not fear. The power of God manifested in weak us is God's plan to win the world in Minerva in this moment, in this pandemic. And we have an opportunity, just like Paul and his impossible restrictions, to advance the Gospels in ways that we never imagined simply simply by choosing to respond, to have the right attitude. Listen, to choose the right outlook and the right power. And listen, not not by our strength, not, not by us, but by God's power. Bear a different fruit. Bear a different fragrance to those around us. And listen, we will stick out like a sore thumb. Just think about the conversations that are being had. Just think about what everybody posts on Facebook and Twitter. Guys, we got to be different. We got to be more on fire about Jesus. We got to be more on fire about his truth. Put the other stuff down. Lift up the name of Jesus. Walk in love. Be controlled by him. And let's win the world, those to whom the Holy Spirit is drawing, for Jesus. Because listen, if we are in the last days, and I believe that we are, then it's urgent. It's urgent that we reach as many people as possible. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.